This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. I, I, y'all, I, y'all, I, I tell y'all, I've been so full for the past few months. I've been so full and, and, uh, I've gone through seasons where God was quiet and God wanted me to just to do the last thing that he said. And I've gone through seasons where I was searching for a word and, and asking God to give me a word. And then I've gone through seasons where God was just kind of overloading and I was so much was coming. And so I prayed, I prayed and I said, God, what would you have me to share? with your people this morning. Now, now I, I got to tell you now, I'm, I'm the type of pastor, I'm under no pressure to perform. I, I, I pray, I really do. I diligently seek the Lord and I try to get a word because I don't want to just be up here talking about what I want to talk about. I want you guys to hear what God has to say. Amen. I'm just a vehicle. I'm just an instrument. My job is to get a word from God and to tell you guys what I heard God saying to us. Amen. That's what my job is. And so the word that I have, I'm I'm starting a new brand new sermon series today, brand new sermon series. So if you start the series with us, that means you got to finish it. So church name said you got to come back next Sunday. You got to come back. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Will you will you find the gospel according to John, the fourth chapter, the gospel according to John, the fourth chapter? Starting a new sermon series. Um, this series is kind of God spoke it to me maybe about maybe about three weeks ago as we were transitioning and things were going on. And I took it and I wrote I wrote it down on my dry erase board and I never erased it because whenever God speaks something to me, I try to jot it down um, so that so that I don't forget it. Thank you for standing once you have that word uh, in your hand. If you have an electronic device, please find the gospel according to John chapter four. Very familiar passage. I'm just going to share. I only have three points, so you could just hang out with me for a few minutes. I just want to share something with you that God's placed on my heart to share with us. Um, and once we've shared it, once we've shared it, then we're going to transition. We'll let you enjoy the rest of your morning. But I do want you to hear this word. Amen. I want you to hear this word. John chapter four. Say man when you found it. If there's a young person beside you, if there's somebody beside you who does not have a Bible, will you please be so kind as to share um, share your word with them. Allow them to look on with you. The word of God is too important. Amen. Um, not to have it that close and not cast your eyes on it. John chapter four. Look down at verse number 23. This is Jesus. He uh, just had an encounter with the woman at the well. If you've never read that story, I do encourage you to go home tonight, this evening. And I do encourage you to read that story. It's an amazing um, story as Jesus deals with this woman who had a bunch of issues. But I don't want to deal with her per se. I want to, I want to jump in. I want to, I want to look at, I want to look at this. There's a, there's, there's something in this story that just jumps out at me and I pray that it blesses you as much as it did for me. Look at verse number 23. John chapter 4 verse 23 says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. 
God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Father, thank you for your word. Now, God, send your word with clarity, with authority, with power, with conviction. Thank you, God, that your word has purpose. Help us, God, to extrapolate the purpose that you've intended for this particular message. Prepare the ear of the hearer. Allow us to hear everything that you're saying in this place today. Thank you, God, that we're listening with both of our ears, our natural ear and our spiritual ear. Speak to our hearts. And, Father, forever we'll be changed in Jesus' name. Before you sit down. Um, let me introduce my, my, my sermon series is entitled Unbroken Worship. Unbroken Worship. But today, what I want to talk about under this sermon series, I want to talk about the attitude of worship. So I want you to t- turn around, touch three people and ask them, how's your attitude toward worship? How's your attitude? How's your attitude? Your attitude. Your attitude. Toward worship. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Your attitude. Your attitude. Your attitude. Your attitude of worship. I enjoy going to restaurants and I really, uh, specifically enjoy when I go to a restaurant and, and the waitress or the waiter is extremely, extremely nice and pleasant. I know you feel the same way. When you get there, they, they invite you to a seat and they ask you, uh, is this seat comfortable enough? And they allow you to sit down and, um, they, they say, can I, may I bring you some water while you look at the menu? And they go get the water and they come back and then they ask you, they said, sir or ma'am, you know, is there any questions can I answer for you on the menu? And they, and they do, they go out of their way to take good, to take good care of you. They go out of their way to make sure that you're comfortable. I, I, I love it when I go to a restaurant and the waiter or the waitress has a good attitude. See, when you have a good attitude, I, I, it makes no difference. Makes no difference if I pay seven dollars for the meal or seventeen dollars for the meal. I'm gonna, listen, I'm gonna calculate your tip based on how you treated me. Y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. Glory to God. See, the better you treat me, the better I tip you. Y'all, y'all, y'all picking up what I'm putting down. So, so there's, there's, there's something about attitude. Now, on, on the opposite, on the opposite, if you ever go to a restaurant and somebody has a poor attitude. They're acting like you owe them something. They're acting like, they're acting like, acting as if, uh, uh it, it, it's a bother that they, that, that you came in. Yeah, yeah, they're acting like you're, you're a burden to them, uh, because you came in. Now, uh, because they're acting like that, the only tip they're gonna get is my tipping at the restaurant. Because when I go to be served, I'm watching the attitude of those who are serving. See, many times when we come to church, we forget that we don't come to be served. That we come to church to serve. How is your attitude? They that wait on the law. So every time you come to church, God is looking at your attitude in your worship. What's your attitude 
in your worship. Let's let's kind of look at it. Um, Jesus and this woman at the well were having a very interesting conversation. Um, Jesus told her about some things that were going on in her life. Jesus told her about the five husbands that she had and the one that she was living with was not her husband. Then she thought she was cute by changing the conversation and going in. She, she went from the natural to the spiritual. Now she's jumping over in the spiritual side and she's having now a spiritual conversation with Jesus and, and she starts talking about worship. She said, uh, uh, she started talking about, she said, you know, uh, my, my, there, there's some said that we worship in this mountain, other mountains, Jews worship in Jerusalem, other places. And Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you would either worship in this mountain or that mountain. Uh, he said, uh, you worship what you do not know. Then he said, he said, but there's an hour coming. Listen to this. He said, there's an hour coming when uh, the true worshipers. The true worshipers. God told me to tell church on purpose that he needs you to enter into a season of unbroken worship. Unbroken worship. Let me give you the definition of unbroken worship. And I thought about this long and hard. And I thought about all the things I could say. But unbroken worship is simply pleasing God every day no matter the circumstance. It is living a life or a lifestyle that is pleasing to God, no matter what you have to endure, no matter what you have to go through in your life, you make it up in your mind that I'm going to please God no matter what. When they cut me off in traffic, I'm going to please God. When they lie on me at work, I'm going to please God. When I get upset at home, I'm going to please God. I'm going to live a life of unbroken worship. This is what God is transitioning us to, is to a, a life of unbroken worship. Here is, here is what we do. Uh, come here, Robert. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. When we come to church, we come to church. Hurry up. We come to church and we connect with God. How great is our God. Hey, how y'all doing? Glory be to God. Blessed and highly favored. And we come to church and we all good. You know why? Because we connected to God. Welcome to purpose. Welcome to your church. And, and, and we're connected. But then right after we leave church, we break worship. And then the real us starts to come out. We break worship. We, 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 you know, we wake up and we're good and we're hanging with God and then we get mad. And we say, hold up, Jesus. Let me go deal with this. I'll be right back. Back in the old days, they called it laying your Holy Ghost down. Laying, oh, oh, let me say it like this. Back in Mississippi, they call it laying your religion down. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. But God wants us to live a life of unbroken worship. That no matter what I go through, God, I'm going to make sure that I'm pleasing to God. I'm mad, but I'm still going to please God. I'm upset, but I'm still going to please God. My wife got on my nerves. But I'm still going to please God. I want to kick my husband out. He must be in here. But I'm still going to please God. My mind's telling me no. 
I don't want to hurt nobody. <laughs> but I'm still going to please God because I'm living a life of unbroken worship. I can't break my worship just to lay down with you. I can't break my worship just to give, just to give it up for five or ten minutes. I, I can't break my worship. I can't break my worship. I can't break my worship. That's what God is saying to you. God is saying we have to live a life of unbroken, of unbroken worship. Worship, thank you. Unbroken, unbroken worship. Pleasing God every day, no matter the circumstances. Point number one, watch this. And check this out, check this out. This messed me up. Check me out. Point number one, God is looking for true worship. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me all these people in church on purpose. And God's still looking. God sees everything. He knows where everything is. But he's looking for true worship. That's what he said. He said, he said he's seeking for true worship. The Father is looking for true worship. God is looking for true worship. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. I thought what we did in here this morning was worship. Hmm. And it was. It was an act of worship. But God is not looking for the act of worship. Everything that we do is an act of worship. You driving to church this morning was an act of worship. You coming in the doors was an act of worship. The greeters Greeting you this morning was an act of worship. You lifting your hands during the worship songs was an act of worship. You giving in the offering was an act of worship. You sitting that chair listening to a sermon is an act of worship. But God is not just looking for the act of worship. He is looking for the attitude of worship. Worship is both act and attitude. It's both act and attitude. Listen, music was never designed to invoke worship. It was designed to enhance worship. Glory to God. It's like makeup. Makeup was, makeup is not your face. It's just designed to enhance your face. Music was not designed to invoke it. Music was designed to enhance it. So what does that mean? So that means that I should bring worship with me when I come into the house of God. That way, the musicians, they don't have to play so hard. They don't have to work so hard. Because I came with worship. Worship is not what we do. Worship is who we are. Our life is worship. Our life is worship. Now let me talk about, let me, let me talk about, uh, this attitude of worship. Let's, let's talk about this. Because, because if God is looking for it, I want to make sure that it's found in me. Can you say that same thing? Say, if God's looking for it, I want it found in me. Let, let's talk about attitude. I'm almost done. Let's talk about attitude. Let's talk about attitude. Watch this. Watch this. Number two. Listen to this. Can, can, can I, can I tell you what worship really is at its essence? 
Can I tell you what it is at its essence? I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about at, at the base, at the root, at, at the core. Can I tell you what worship is? Can I tell you, can I tell y'all what worship is? Can I tell you, I, I just want to tell y'all, I, I, you know, because, because I like to keep it plain. I like to keep it plain because I believe that, I believe that when I make it plain, I believe people get it, they understand it. Listen, listen, watch this, watch this. Worship is simply bringing pleasure to God. Worship is bringing pleasure to God. God feels. God is sad. God is sad and God gets happy. God feels pleasure. God feels pain. He understands uh, the things that we go through. You, you've got to know that, that God feels. And so worship is simply making up in your mind that every day of my life, I'm going to bring pleasure to God no matter what I go through. No matter what the circumstance. Just because they talked about me don't mean I have to talk about them. Just because they dog me out don't mean I have to dog them out. You know why? Because I'm living a lifestyle of worship. And and I'm going to honor God. I'm going to bring pleasure to God no matter what I have to go through in my life. I'm going to bring pleasure to God. Watch this. Okay, okay, listen. So we're talking about attitude. Talk about attitude. Bringing pleasure to God. Bringing pleasure to God. Listen. So he said that God is spirit. And that if we're going to worship him, that we must worship him in spirit. We have to worship. Everybody say the word spirit. He said we have to worship him. Now, now the question becomes, what in the world does that mean? What does it mean when, when God says that we have to worship him in spirit? Because listen, if that's the way God wants to be worshipped, then I want to worship him the way he desires to be worshipped. If God said, I want, to, I want you to worship me in spirit, then guess what? That's what I want to do. Because I don't want to have the act of worship without the attitude of worship. So God said, worship me in spirit. Let me tell you what that means. Let me tell you what that means. Worshiping God in spirit means to engage the whole heart that is passionate about God. To worship God in spirit means that you worship God from a heart that is passionate about him. One of the words for spirit is the word life-giving. Life-giving or that which sustains life. So that which sustains life for you and I is our heart. Our heart is what continues to sustain life. What's synonymous with heart is the inner, our innermost being. It is the fiber of who, who we are. It is, it is our breath. It is our thoughts. It is our, our feelings, our personality. It is our attitudes. All those things make up the heart of a man. And so God is saying today to all of us, to worship me in spirit means to engage a heart that is passionate about God. Here's the problem. The problem is that the church, in many respects, has lost her passion for God. We've lost our passion for God. Let me explain it like this. Um, you, you know, you know how when you, when you first meet somebody, you fall in love. Oh, you're passionate about them. You're passionate about them. You think about them all the time. When Trina and I, we first started dating, boy, listen, I was passionate about that little old short woman. I was passionate about her. When I went to bed at night. Some girl. What you doing? When I woke up in the morning. Girl, have a good day at work. I'll see you this weekend. Every weekend was planned around her. My homeboys used to come and say, E, what you doing this weekend? I'm going to Longview, fool. You know what y'all doing? <laughs> Every waking moment of the day, I thought about her. 
Thought about it all the time. Then once you get married. Whoop, there it is. Shaka laka, shaka laka. <laughs> but isn't that what happens? After a while we lose our passion. When, when you first got saved, you were so excited. You stopped wearing the short skirt and brought you a long one. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're passionate about God. You couldn't wait to get to church. You woke everybody up in your house. Matter of fact, you cooked breakfast. Everybody now, they thought you had lost your mind. You just wanted to get to church on time. You were passionate about God. You had a heart that was passionate about Him. You were in love with Jesus. You didn't, you didn't listen to 1067. That's say that right. 1069. Yeah, 1073. Yeah. Y'all laughing because some of y'all station tuned outside right now. <laughs> you stop listening to it. You got away, put away all your CD, DVDs. You put away, you, you put away all that stuff. You even stop cussing. You were in love with Jesus. All you was in love. Your language changed. You start speaking Christianese. How you doing? You don't say, you don't say all right no more. You say blessed and highly favored. That's Christianese. Everything changed. But somewhere, We've lost our passion. The church don't have the passion for God like we used to. We are more passionate about the building than we are about the God that puts you in the building. Glory to God. One of the dangers, one of the dangers of God blessing us is we'll start serving the creature. I wish I could preach in this house today. More than the creator. So what am I saying to us today? That God, in order for God to fulfill the assignment that's on the church on purpose, we have to live a life of unbroken fellowship. Unbroken worship. That means when we get up in the morning, we connect with God early. When we're traveling down the way, we connect with God during the commute. When we get to work, we stay connected. When we get off work, we stay connected. On the way home, we stay connected. When we go to school, we stay connected. While you walk in the halls of your college, stay connected. When you get back to the house, stay connected. God is saying to all of us, we got to live a life. Here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. Have you lost your passion? You know you lost your passion when you don't talk to him like you used to. You know you lost your passion. Watch this. Now you're eating. Won't even set your grace. Have the plate be gone. Did you pray over that? And and you watch this. Watch this. When you pray over your food, you you don't pray thanking God for providing you another meal. You just pray as you pray as an act of religion. You just you just do it because you're so used to doing. You're not thinking God. You provided this sandwich. God, you provided this meal. 
So God is saying to us, we've got to get back to where we fall back in love with God again. We've got to fall back in love with him. We've got to get passionate uh, about God. Uh, true worship takes place on the inside before it can be truly expressed on the outside. A lawyer asked Jesus in Matthew 23. A lawyer asked and Jesus. Uh, he asked him about what was the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In other words, Jesus was saying, be passionate about God. Be passionate about him. I know what you're thinking now. You think you say, Pastor Love, I hear you. You know, I really want to be passionate about him. But, but listen, so, so how, how do, how do, how do I, how do I become passionate again? Here's what Jesus said. Look, in Matthew 15, 8, he said, these people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me. I don't know about you, but I don't want my worship to be in vain. So you know what I've got to do? I got to look at my heart and say, you know what, dude, what's the first thing on my mind when I get up in the morning? I know when I was passionate about my wife, uh, the first thing when I thought about it in the morning, I thought about her. I thought about her all throughout the day. I thought about her all the time. So you know what? So now God allowed me to see that passion so I could understand how I am to be with him. Are, are you still in love with Jesus? Are you still in love with him? That's what, that's what God has taken us. We, because watch this, watch this. Because, because if we fall in love with Jesus, it makes no difference what he blesses us with. We're just going to give it all back to him anyway. See, when, see, when, when, when you love somebody and they love you, they can get anything you have. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. When you fall in love, that person can get anything you've got. It makes no difference. You'll go in debt. And some of you did. Some of you co-signed for stuff. Let me get off that. Because you was in love. You put cell phones in your name. Uh-oh, Pastor Mellon again. But, but, they, but, but what I'm saying is they get anything from you. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So God is saying, I need you to be so in love with me that whatever I give you, I can get back from you. God wants to be able to come to us and receive anything from Watch this. If we have to give this building back to God and one day we will, God wants us to be okay with that. Because it don't belong to us anyway. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? All this stuff belongs to the Lord if we love him. And if God asks us for it, we ought to be able to give it to him. Abraham loved God. Do you know why? Because God gave Abraham a son. And then God required Abraham to get the son back. And Abraham was willing to do it. You know why? Because he was passionately in love with Jesus. He was passionately in love with God. So here's the question for you and for me. What has God given us that we're not willing to give back to him? Glory to God. We've got, I've, I've got to be so in love with God that if God said, give church on purpose back to me, I've got to do this and I'm going to say to y'all, bye, 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 bye. Y'all didn't like that, did y'all? But you've got to love God more than we love the stuff. We have to be passionately in love with him. God is looking for worshipers. He's looking for a church. I believe that church on purpose is the church that God is going to raise up. In these last days, they said, there's a church. There's a church that's going to love me. There's a church that's going to serve me. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be passionate about God. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So to worship God in spirit means that I have to become passionate. That's, that's all it means. When you say worship God in spirit, that means worship God from the place of your life that gives you life. To worship God from your heart. So if I'm going to be worship God in my spirit, then I've got to worship God from my heart. I can't just worship with, with my hands or with my mouth or with my feet. I've got to worship God with the heart. That means that, that means that, watch this, worship don't just start on Sunday morning in this building. Worship continues with me every day of my life. I watch this. Watch this. I don't come to church to worship. I come to church because I am worship. Come on, y'all better help me preach. Because worship is bigger than what I do. Worship has to be who we are. And God's calling us to live a life of unbroken worship. So, so, so we know, we know what worship God is spirit. Now, now, here's my last one. Now, he said, he said, worship God in truth. I've got to worship God in my spirit, which means I gotta worship him from my heart. I have to become passionate about God. And, and I have to worship him in truth. He said, it's worship me in, in spirit and in truth. Now wait a minute. So so I I get it. I understand. I understand that that I have to worship him in my spirit. I, I understand, Pastor Love, that 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 if I gotta worship him, I have to become passionate about him again. I, I've got to become passionate. But 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 Pastor Love, how how do I how do I reignite how do I reignite the passion that I once had? Well, you have to use truth. You have to use truth to reignite the passion that you have so that you can worship him in spirit. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Can I tell you what truth means? Can I tell you what to worship God is? Can I tell you what that means? To what, to what, what it means to worship God in truth. To worship God in truth simply means to worship him with the proper knowledge about who God is. We have to have the right knowledge or, or the proper information. It's, it's difficult to worship a God that you don't know. And it's hard, to, it's difficult to worship God in spirit when, when, when what you don't know about Him has never reached, or let me say this, or what you should know about Him is not in your spirit. So it is it is the more you know about him starts to get in your spirit about him and causes you to worship him in spirit and in truth. But watch this. Watch this. Here's the question. Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Worshiping God based on what he has revealed about himself in the scripture. So you know what that means? You know what that means? You'll never worship him in spirit and in truth if you're not spending time alone with him, learning of him. It's not enough for you just to come here, listen to me preach for 30, 40 minutes, and then go home for the rest of the week and don't do anything else. You know what you just did? You just broke worship. You, you've gotta, you've gotta make, you've gotta make it up in your mind, in your heart, that every day you wake up, that you're gonna take some time, and you're gonna spend some time with God, and you're gonna be intentional, and you're gonna set some time to spend some time with Him, so that you can be that true worshiper. Now, it makes no difference what they play, it makes no difference what they say. You bring your worship with you. I came here not to worship, I came here because I am worship. Y'all, y'all picking up what I'm putting down. Glory to God. I came and so some maybe somebody else can experience the worship that God has given to me. Hallelujah. See, I, I, I know people that worship on the outside because they don't have a problem worshiping on the inside. Glory to God. They don't have a problem worshiping him on the inside. No, 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 number three. It, it's easy to worship him when you know him. It's easy to worship him when you know him. If you don't know him, it's hard to worship somebody that you don't know. It's hard to worship somebody. That you feel like hadn't 
hadn't done anything for you. Matthew 16, 15 says, he said to them, and I'm closing, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you've, you've considered me. You've been think, you've been meditating on who I am. You, you've been, you've been pondering over who I am. And, and because you pondered and because you asked and because you want to know about more about me, my father has revealed it to you. So what am I saying to you? You want to know more about God? Start asking questions. Start praying to him, asking God to reveal himself to you. And, and the more you ask God to reveal himself to you, you know what's going to happen? The truth is going to start setting in. The truth is going to start setting in. I heard the story. And I'll, and I'll end with this. I heard a story one time about this dog. This dog had a little boy as a master. And every day, little boy would come home from school. The little dog would be sitting right there. Right there on the sidewalk waiting on the bus to drop the little boy off. When the dog could hear the bus coming. Dog, little tail dog would stand up. He couldn't see the bus. He could hear it. The dog would stand up and start wagging his tail. Because he knew that his master was coming home. The boy would get off the bus and the dog would jump up in his arm and lick him all in the face. And the boy would, the boy would hug the dog and they, they, they walk in the house. And as the boy walked in his room and put his bag down, the dog was right there with him. The boy would go in the kitchen and fix him some cereal or fix him something to eat or a snack. And the dog would sit right there by the table, never left his side. The boy was doing his homework. Dog was right there. When the boy went to the bathroom to take a shower, the dog would come and sit right outside the shower, wait on the boy to finish taking his shower. When the boy got in the bed, the dog would jump up in the bed with him and lay there with him and love on him. And he got up in the morning, the dog was right there. When, when the boy got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, the dog would go to the bathroom and just wait on this little boy, wagging his tail. The boy would get up in the morning, go to school. The dog would do the same thing all over again. The boy would walk outside with the boy until the bus came. When the boy got on the bus, the dog would the dog would run behind the bus until the bus outpaced him. One day, somebody asked the mother, "said Why is that little dog so connected to that little boy?" I've never seen a dog obey and serve a little boy the way this dog does. The mama said, you don't understand something about this dog. My son rescued this dog. The dog was mangy. Hair was coming out. My dog saw, my, my son saw this dog and, and had compassion for him. Had compassion. My son rescued. Matter of fact, the dog was, was being chased by some dog catchers. They were going to catch the dog and, and probably put him to sleep. And, and, uh, my son got the dog and brought the dog home and bathed the dog and, 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 and gave him flea bath and cleaned him up and got his hair back growing. His hair is back healthy now. And he said, watch this. He said, the reason the dog is so loyal to my son is because the dog never forgot 
where he came from. Dog didn't forget the nights he had to sleep in the alley, afraid for his life. He didn't forget the times that he had to try to push trash cans over just to get a bone to try to save his life. He didn't forget almost getting hit by the countless numbers of cars just trying to cross the street. He never forgot. So when that boy saved his life, the dog never forget. I don't know about you. I was at Manger Dog. Out in the streets. Doing things I shouldn't. Being places I shouldn't have been. Sin was having its way with my life. Glory to God. And the reason I serve God the way I do today. Because I hadn't forgotten. I hadn't forgotten, man. When I sat in this building, although I'm thankful for it, but I'm more thankful for God for looking at a mangy dog. Jesus said, it's not meat for me to give children's bread to the dogs. That woman said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Church on purpose, we can't forget. We can't forget. We can't forget figuring out where we're going to meet. Where we're going to come together. What are we going to do? We can't forget. We can't forget trying to figure out if we're going to be in this center or, or try to rent this building and try to go over here. We can't forget. Oh, those, this building looked nice now, but we can't forget what it used to look like. We can't forget. We can't forget. So God is looking for us to be as connected to him. As that little puppy was to that boy. We can't forget. Will you stand all over the house? Unbroken worship. Worshiping him from a heart that says, Lord, I love you. See, I I don't worship because of the song. I worship because of the memory. I worship because of what God has done. And for what I see him doing. Thank God for all this stuff. But I'm here to worship God. If this stuff wasn't here, I'd still be worshiping him. I'd still be giving him glory. I'd still be praising his name. Because of what he's done. There's some of you in here today. Some of you in here today. God sent you here.